Welcome to episode 8 of People 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 like games What's up, what's up? And welcome back to a long-delayed new episode of People Like Games. Uh, For those of you who do not recall, which I'm still going to assume is most of you, because we do not have the most viewers in the world just yet, but that is going to change starting with this episode. I'm Solo, and joining me and now cohabiting this microphone is Mr. Leo, Mr. Lilo and Stitch, Mister, Mister, what? How 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 should how should the audience know you? Uh, actually, Lilo and Stitch. I totally forgot about that one. That one works. We're gonna, like go, Lilo. Lilo. <laughs> We're gonna go Lilo and Stitch. So, so Mister Lilo and Stitch, how are you doing? Tell the uh, audience a little bit about yourself and joining us here. Well, um, I've known a solo for a long time. And we come from good a good background together. Yeah, so good times. Right now, he gamings. asked me to join him. <laughs> Definitely. A lot of history of gamings here. And so I thought the uh, fact that listening to just me drone on would inevitably just get really bothersome for most listeners, we decided to add a new voice. And so without much further ado... Mr. Lee Lone Stitch here already knows how to get into it. I got to drop the mister. I think I'm just yeah, repetitive just, just on these Stitch. things. Lilo or Stitch. <laughs> yeah, Lilo and then Stitch. Okay, so without further ado, let's just jump into this shit. So Microsoft announced, uh, or sources say that Microsoft is plotting a return for the Fable tr- franchise. Did you ever play the game on Oh, Xbox? hell yeah. I played all three, man. Those I, games were, were definitely I, unique. I 100% agree. I feel like it was one of the initial games to set up that sort of choose your own pathway and have a... Action adventure. I totally agree. Definitely. And it, uh, go It's on. like an action RPG. Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, like, this game is an action RPG, and it started me. I was really young when it first came out. I think, what was it, like, early 2000s, something like that? Let's see. We I think probably, it was 2000... <laughs> 2004 maybe maybe even earlier whatever the case it it's on my interest in further action rpgs and then you know things eventually came out obviously there was oblivion and rather um skyrim that whole world by bethesda but i would first start with fave one actually sounds like a smart move smart move by microsoft let's go with that i think the dumb move is the fact that it took so long i feel like oh yeah it definitely added to the allure of it. Like whenever they make a franchise rest really long time between sequels like this, it is definitely going to create a lot of buildup once they announce it. It's going to, it's going to be a big seller, but I just feel like maybe it was a better idea that they waited this long instead of just bleeding the franchise dry with mediocre sequels every year. <laughs> so you're saying Sony should take some notes and stop rebooting Spider-Man. Got it. Yes, ideally, but the new Spider-Man game looks really, really, really that good. That actually looks fucking sweet. It does. I wish I had a PS4. I, was, I literally think the same thing because I, I was thinking like Spider-Man 2 is just one of the best games 
ever made, but everyone had PS2, so that wasn't too difficult. Right. And for this, I would have gotten a PS4 if Kingdom Hearts was still a PS exclusive, but somehow Xbox was able to snag that one away. Anywho, next up, we have Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Have you had a chance to play yet? Haven't played the beta, though. I've read all about how it's all jacked up and wasn't fun for the players. So. Yeah, I feel like given the fact that the beta was, I think, the 13th to the 15th, which was last weekend, the fact that they had major connection issues for online matchmaking and the fact that the game comes out in 10 days doesn't particularly bode well <laughs> for what they're going like. What the fuck are you really right. going to do in 10 days? Like, right? see- How can you change the whole whole architecture of the game to like satisfy the needs of of, of, i'm surprised that like given the fact that there has been a lot of hype for this game that they weren't like hey we might i don't know test this game maybe not 10 days before our launch in (laughs) case something goes wrong I i just feel like these things could be more well thought out and and there's a lot of people there that are, are working on this and it like does one person drop the ball and then just it just steadily falls down because no one wants to take responsibility for bringing it up at such a late hour i don't know i feel like i mean you gotta for a game like that how many measurements do you have on the interest of the public right so when you drop a beta that's really how you see i guess what they do they can check the numbers by pre-orders right but for a fighter or something like that uh, I don't know. I've been open to test the market, and they apparently got more people than they expected, and he just broke the whole system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, if, even for player uh, for PUBG, initially they had major, you know, server increases, and yeah, they went down a few times. So maybe it's it, it should be given the benefit of the doubt initially. But if this article is a, according to Game Crater, the writer. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Angelo D'Arenio is right that their entire server structure is based on a sort of dated structure. They're screwed. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we're going to find out with that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next up, we have Nintendo ended up announcing their 2018 uh, original releases. Anything stand out to you? Uh, definitely. I think it's going to have to be the Mario Tennis Aces, a game I'm already excited. And just thinking back to the GameCube days when Nintendo actually released all the sports games with Mario, like those games were the best party games, the best for competition back in the day and having an exclusive come out for the Switch, which is, you know, probably the best purchase I've made in the past five years. Um, Having it come out and just the mobile platform that it offers is incredible. So. Yeah, I definitively agree with that. That's going to be really cool. I'm a little upset that Pokemon or Super Smash Brothers isn't announced within 2018. I also, as much as I like Mario Tennis, Mario Tennis was one of the better versions of the sort of sports ones. They just need to remake Super Mario Strikers. I feel like that was, oh, yeah. you know, like that was oh, yeah. one of that was like the NFL blitz of soccer games just Absolutely. happened to be with Mario characters. Like, why don't you bring that back? 
hours were wasted playing that game and you just have banana shots all over the place being able to curve it from everywhere. Oh my you're God. right. That's probably the best game, the best sports game to come out aside from FIFA. Exactly. Sure. And the fact that these games come out and they just don't have subsequent iterations blows my mind. Like, is it, did no one be like, hey, maybe we should make this game? And someone was like, nah, no one like that. Or was it just no <laughs> one thought to mention it in a meeting? I don't know. It doesn't. Or maybe Nintendo knows what it's doing and they just are holding it, playing it all close to the chest, especially with the way they released the news for this Nintendo Direct stuff. How That's it, also uh, true with the surprise releases. Right? You just dropped it. Maybe they're going to come out later. You know those games you wanted? Mario Party, um, Mario Strikers, Super that is Smash, true. which the world's waiting for. Maybe like they're trying to garner hype, save some stuff for E3 this year or something like that. Because that would make sense. Because my biggest worry would be that Nintendo ended up using its two biggest titles right off the bat and mm-hmm. wouldn't have yeah. a lot of good follow-up titles. And it's been a little bit since they've released anything that's really in that realm but anyway january is a slow month anyway so it doesn't really make a difference and if you release two games of that nature which it for all intents and purposes oh as we were saying so coming coming up next i was going to say best games of the year with uh odyssey and breath of the wild uh, the Dice Awards are coming up on February 22nd in Las Vegas. Uh, they're going to be able to watch that on IGN Entertainment. I don't know why that's not on Twitch. I just feel like a majority of gaming content people consume is just central, you know, centralized yep. to Twitch. And yep. I don't know why you wouldn't do it on Twitch, but that's regardless. I guess what stands out here is uh, that Horizon okay. Zero Dawn had more nominations than breath of wild but oh, both of them yeah. are nominated for game of the year i was um, thinking i thought you were gonna be excited about cuphead man i am i am because so to, to be it's... frankly honest I, I was i was thinking about that with the game of the year awards and like a lot of the art direction etc ones are obviously going to be given to cuphead but a lot of places didn't even nominate cuphead for game of the year and I feel like it didn't need to win Game of the Year, but it should have just been nominated for Game of the Year because as much as I love it, I fucking hate that game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nothing makes me feel like a 12-year-old wants to just, like, stomp around and throw my fucking... I feel like I feel like when you play FIFA and something stupid happens, just that on just the exponential speed where you just keep right. dying and you're just like, oh, my God. But I, I still love it because it's just so satisfying to actually beat one of those bosses. So I still have not beaten the game. I'm only like 80% through. I need to finish that. Oh, dude, what are you doing? I know. I know. I ended up getting to it late. I bought it a while ago. I actually waited until it came out and bought a hard copy of it. And then there's no disc inside. They just gave me a digital fucking (laughs) (laughs) all right kind of pointless but funny exactly but it came with the little art cell which is like three by five which was pretty cool it just has some original artwork on it uh but yeah still i was like i just opened it and there's just like nothing where the cd is supposed to be i was like well you can use like a different box at the minimum like this is just insulting and they didn't even put a sticker in it with the digital code they fucking emailed me that shit (laughs) So. Can't spend extra money on that glue. 
Yeah, exactly. But regardless, as I was saying, um, everyone is probably going to give this award to, or DICE is going to probably give Game of the Year to Breath of the Wild, but I thought Breath of the Wild was pretty overrated, to be frankly honest. I don't know, man. I think the world clearly doesn't agree with you. Well, you know, the world is frankly wrong, as they are in most (laughs) cases, because if we're going to go with majority opinion, then we're going to say that a majority of people voted Donald Trump to go off. So like, so who, who am I really I, listening I to? That. I feel that. I don't care I if it's a there false are analogy. things that majority gets right. Let's go with that. There's I feel like in the case of Breath of the Wild, it's a beautiful game, and I don't really have major qualms with it to be like, oh, it was bad. It was in no way bad, but at the same time, was it some revolutionary take on gaming? Well, I was like, nah, man, I ain't have shit to do. I just ran in circles and did little tunnels and then you be four bosses. Like, what was the point of the story? And if people are like, okay, this game is amazing, but if I point to the story and they're like, well, the story is sort of irrelevant to everything that was at part of the game, then I could be like, yo, then why are you bitching that PUBG is nominated as a beta? You know, it should be nominated. I think PUBG was the most important game of 2017. Not really a question there. I hear you. But I think getting to like the territory of evaluating a game as to what it does to society and like how it changes the gaming scene. It's or, like an MVP thing. It's team. like, yeah. yo, you can give it to a good person on a shitty team or you're going to give it to like the, the AAA title that establishes the new console. Like, I get it. It deserves right. it because the switch is popping. So it sort of is, you know, useful to that degree. But regardless, yeah. what you were saying. No, I was just going to we'll see. We'll end up seeing. Exactly. February 22nd. But next up, uh, Lego is going to be partnering with Tencent, the Chinese gaming conglomerate, I suppose. That's one way to put it. Uh, What do you think? Lego sales have been slacking the past couple Mm -hmm. of years. Uh, Why do you... I think it's just because that shit's way too expensive. Have you been to like a Lego store and seen how much that shit costs? Lego stores and all the malls are ridiculously expensive. I mean, they offer creativity at a whole nother level. The only competition they had in my household when I was young was with Connects. So they kind of got a monopoly on like the whole building stuff thing, I feel like. But uh, one of those those games, have you played Lego anything? Yeah, Lego I play Star Lego Wars, Batman. Lego Batman, freaking Lego Lord of the Rings, like every movie that you've ever wanted. But that's the thing, like, in what realm are they pleading poverty to in in any sales forecast? I don't know why people say a sales slowdown. Like, you have all, you you know, with the movies, the amount of licensing they've done, you're telling me that Lego is not profitable to, like, the highest degree? But regardless. I just think, like, they're just, they're doing a, making a very smart business move by going to one of the biggest biggest markets you could ever ask for yeah, oh that, that i agree come on they're aiming at chinese children you know what i mean that's not a quadrillion dollar market in and of itself like the article said that's in that's insane 31 it, billion is the uh the toys and games market in china wow has three percent of it but three percent of 31 billion is still a ridiculous sum of money ridiculous sum of money and on top of what they have so like the, i mean once they I get, I get the move. It, there's nothing cynical about it, but at the same time, it's just business. You're upset with them saying that their business was slowing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. With the concept that, that 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 
what what signifies a, a sales slowdown? Like get all the licensing money you need. And like twenty years ago, you wouldn't even imagine you would have like those movie. And now you're like, oh no, sales are slow. It's like really, what are the measurements we're using for this? But that's neither here nor there. Next up, on to another conglomerate. Disney is finally going mobile with a couple of new games. Uh, they partnered with a couple of companies. I, I feel like there's a lot. Every single Disney game that you see on a mobile platform is just crap. Uh, yeah. They're just these sort of one-off things for no apparent reason. But I feel like they have the ability and the amount of content they have, they same same. They're like Nintendo to me. They have such a huge cachet of these characters that the current demographic, like the millennials, are now aging into a, a buyer's or consumer age. You know, they can create games or have games on mobile. Like, why don't you just take all the games that were on Sega and Nintendo from all the classic? Disney movies and make them like 99 cents each. Like you're telling me you wouldn't buy those. You wouldn't buy Lion King on your phone for 99 cents. I would. I would. I think it's all comes, it comes in waves. And the idea is that they're just going to produce new content at a slow rate and they already know they can make money. So that's why the new CGI Lion King is coming out rather I guess real Lion King is coming. I don't even know what to call it. Which is why I'm saying you're telling me if you didn't re-release the Sega version of Lion King on a iOS that that's not going to make you a couple of million dollars just because. Maybe, maybe not. It's still like an investment in the people trying to transport it over. I can see both sides, but I do think that, like you said, the market is insane for them. They, They can go in any direction and they are working with a couple of big name game studios for the mobile platform so hopefully something good comes out of it you know yeah that's true that's true anyway on to youtube and some good news i guess i guess not good news for youtubers uh they changed their partnership policy in light of the i guess it was jake paul aaron paul i don't know who the fucking guy was do you, do you hear about this guy who went to japan then all the flack he got. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are really right, so, rightfully deserved. In all fairness, when I say flack, rightfully deserved. But. And so they decided to change their partnership program so that they demonetized all videos. And so the basic minimum criteria is that you have one thousand subscribers and you have had four thousand total watch hours. Whereas in the past it was just four thousand hours of watch time within the past twelve months. Uh, or no, excuse me, which is 10,000 lifetime views. That was the old policy. Um, I don't see how a a new policy just sort of punishing lesser viewed channels really sort of You're punishing the small channels. Like the big ones that have millions of subs, obviously they're fine. Even those that have 50,000 subs, like you're still fine. I'm not entirely sure the move here, I think... Probably, I guess, trying to curb all that backlash that they had against Jake Paul with these no-name people coming out and just making these videos that are getting all these views and people trying to make money off of, I guess, reaction videos is what they call them. But, I mean, yeah, I guess we're going to see how it all falls out, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always the case. I just... Again, in in literally every single one of these stories, I think the common theme always ends up to me being like, who makes these decisions? 
<laughs> that's who it. Is this idiot? Who is this idiot? It's like when you watch a commercial, I watch like a stupid commercial. I'm like, who said yes to this? Who said yes? Who watched this? I was like, yes, right. I need to watch this today. I need this. This should be shown to the masses. Like, I just want to meet that person and be like, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> that's a little mean, but it is true. <laughs> It is funny. I get it. I get where you're coming from. And hey, everyone has different opinions, dissenting opinions. You made a change in response to the community pretty much responding to one YouTuber. And I'm sure they were trying to make this change for a while, but they're doing it. It's going to affect 99% of channels that were monetized, or like 100% of all the channels that are monetized. But looking at the statistics, it seems like most of the people who make a living off of YouTube. Are going to be a okay. Yeah, not really sure what they're targeting. Also true. Also true. So, last up, we're going to end up on a positive note and talk about electronic arts a little bit. Uh, this was a subject that I could have spent an entire episode on, uh, and so EA recently or has recently aimed to implement a new process that is going to be getting rid of fair matchmaking in multiplayer games. But in addition to that, they're going to start using a new concept called dynamic difficulty adjustment. And basically what it creates is that uh, a, a model that functions on AI that will increase or maximize the amount of time a player spends on a game so those moments in fifa where suddenly you're like oh shit i really feel like my team dumbed down right there for no reason and i lost i'm gonna play another one and then your team does better that was not a mistake that was literally the way that their algorithm is going to be set and in addition, they recently filed for an application, secondly, uh, which gets rid of fair matchmaking. And so I'm going to read this to you because this is a beautiful thing. Um, and this is without irony. This is literally, I, this is the abstract of their patent application. Matchmaking connects multiple players to participate in online player versus player games. Current matchmaking systems depend on a single core strategy. Create fair games at all times. These systems pair similarly skilled players on the assumption that a fair game is the best player experience. Fair so far, right? Right. Okay. That makes sense. That's how it should be. We will demonstrate, however, that this intuitive assumption sometimes fails and that matchmaking based on fairness is not optimal for engagement. <laughs> what? That is a word. That is a word from now on. Engagement. The same thing that they mentioned in the dynamic player difficulty patent application, which is engagement. have observed up to 9% improvement in player engagement with the neutral impact on monetization. So... They're basically using gambling techniques like psych psychological therapy to or psychological tricks to basically trick your brain into playing these. I feel like to a degree that should be regulated a bit more. But what do you think? What what are your what are your thoughts on these on these uh moves by EA in light of the fact that they had their 
uh, little loot box crisis. Uh, loot box, whatever. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good couple months for them for sure. God, negative sure. press that they've had, I guess, has really hurt them. But at the same time, they're in the press, so you know they say no press is bad press. <laughs> Sorry, except for this press. That is what. Case, I think. I I think it's smart from a business standpoint. That's exactly what you want. You want players to be investing in your game. And if I'm playing a FIFA match and uh, I guess psychologically it shows or the data shows that someone who is in a close match that's three to two and ends up losing will go back and play another one. Yeah, it makes sense to try to even out the teams. As a player of those games, I'm incredibly frustrated because I just want to sometimes crush some people. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> right? Where you it, think it, 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 in a fair system you you would be playing at a different difficulty it's the same way i felt about online poker i'm like this just is a scam there's just in in a car if you go and play poker in person there's cards in front of you there's a finite amount of cards there's nothing in this it's just an algorithm it's you're playing with an algorithm and so if you're playing a fair game and your difficulty settings maintain the same Maybe you're X good, but instead they have to keep you at a different level to keep you engaged more because maybe you'll get to that level too quickly and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm bored of this game. And so it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's manipulative systems on what should be not transparent, but like, I don't know, should, should be, should be a bit more ethical than, you know, we're going to prove fair matchmaking is wrong. Right. Does not I mean, I, I get your qualms and I understand like what I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to make is just that um, in terms of getting the idea behind it is okay. If you frame it in a certain direction, right? You want to make someone more invested in the game. You want to make sure someone has a good time playing the game. You do that by making sure it's not too challenging and just challenging enough. However, I think, the, the, the threat looming in the background and things a lot of people might be worried about with EA is you tailoring that algorithm to make games harder, right? In a pay-to-win situation, you want that to happen. You want the user to be frustrated knowing that there's a way to make the game easier by paying to win, and thus this algorithm or whatever it is can essentially be, be tuned to make sure users need a little extra push, which might make them spend a few bucks on their game. That's an example they could use as well, which is if you're in a game and you, I I forget which example, there's someone using an example that say you'll, you'll be matched with someone that has a weapon and you'll play with them. And then you'll be, if you lose to someone with a certain weapon and you know you can get that weapon in a crate, you're more likely to spend money after playing with someone who had that weapon to buy yeah, the that was, that was battlefront battlefront sure. yeah exactly and that is uh, if you ever get a chance check out the movie the greatest movie ever sold it's by a guy named morgan spurlock he's the same guy who did that movie supersize me and it talks about just the psychology of advertising and how to a certain degree, they go and when they test them, they test someone while watching their brain and they wait to the moment that the dopamine is about to be released. And then they switch what the uh, image is so that you don't get the release and that you only get the dopamine release when you go and buy the product and then drink it. 
that is basically what they would be doing with matchmaking and, and with the introduction suddenly of loot boxes. I was like for Winter Wonderland for Overwatch. I wanted one skin. I wanted the fucking Soldier 76 one. And I had like, you know, 40, 50 boxes over the course of the month. And I didn't get the one fucking. I got every other skin except for the one I wanted. That to me is a little bit ridiculous. Granted, the game didn't know which one you wanted, so I do think that was random. <laughs> no, 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 but that, that's not the point. The point is you don't have the option. So even if I want to buy it straight up, I couldn't buy it straight up. I have to infinitely go into the, the loot box cycle, that probability oh, cycle, instead of the straight earn something for playing X amount, just sort of complemented by these sort of algorithmic changes is just sort of in bad faith by these gaming companies for gaming or, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that it could be, it could be lucrative without being, uh, I don't know. What's the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think for me, the biggest thing I have is if you're reading this article, right? They're talking about dynamic difficulty adjustments and how they have already implemented it in some of the electronic arts games. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think back to all those FIFA games that we did play together, right? And just seeing how after you score one goal, the other team is more likely to score another. That's mm-hmm. just the way the game was. It was yep. really hard to score. And certain situations, right? You expect a game to be fair. It'd be like you playing chess with someone else. And then if you win one game and you're playing a series, the next game, you don't have your queen. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. The game should be a battle of wits. Every which is time. What I think they're trying to remove. And especially for even in a game that's a first-person shooter, if you play, like, Battlefield or Overwatch or something like that, if you had dynamics that changed over time, that's just an unfair battlefield. Exactly. And that's just not... Can you imagine dynamic... Thing. I understand where you're coming from. A dynamic damage de- dealing for Overwatch characters, where one That'd day, be absolutely absurd. It'd be uh, they destroy the competitive scene. Exactly, there'd be anarchy, and then for the fact that they're doing this just to casual gamers, along with a sudden interest and dedication to <laughs> really exploitative loot boxes that you only change once you had a major 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 fucking pr problem and the most downvote the most downvoted you know thing ever on reddit <laughs> like you know that's bad like you didn't get like 10,000 20,000 you got like 500,000 <laughs> you know of people dislike that, that oh, is- a lot of people like people trash this game for it and there's no doubt in my mind that someone at disney was walked me over and was like, yo, you're about to really fuck up this movie. And then I'm sure shit, I am sure it did not help the reaction people had to The Last Jedi when they walked in being really pissed about Battlefront. And now I'm sure there's going to be a brutal takedown of Solo when it comes out. And they're going to ruin my namesake. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, well... I pray that it's good because Han Solo is a fan favorite. So I know, but I you you just you can't create a young Han Solo. It just it, it just loses the lure. It, it that's it. He's Han Solo because he showed up like Han Solo, not because of what made him Han Solo. I don't know. I don't agree with that. You, you, it's interesting to see. I think enough time has passed. What what is it? Thirty years, thirty plus years since the original movies. Forty years. 
people want to know what what a Kessel Run is, man. If they don't talk about a Kessel Run, I'm gonna be pissed. But I think I that saying. they some things are better left unsaid. Exactly, that's it. Like, it's the same I felt about when they tried to release the sequel or prequel to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird with Ghost of the Watchmen by Harper Lee. I was like, yeah. why? Just don't. Just stop. Like, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite came out with like a part two, unless it was like amazing and like a Godfather part two, I've been like, why? <laughs> and just leave it alone sometimes. Dog. Just people are just, it, Disney just needs more movies and star Wars movies. And I don't know why they've already basically made back the amount of money they spent in acquiring star Wars. So, or Lucas arts as a whole. So I think they've already made way more than that. That's for sure. Yeah. But, but now they've saturated star Wars, which is sort of unfortunate. I think uh, we uh, got off topic here. A yeah, we bit. did. We started rambling a bit, but we did. But all right. it all, it all. I Got mean, anything else? Uh, no, no. I, I guess, I guess that, that that about wraps up the the week in the news. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of days with some new content, and then coming up after the break, I'm going to be sitting down with Trouty to talk a little bit about the Oculus Rift and VR. Uh, have you have you played the Oculus Rift? No, not yet. That I haven't been fortunate enough. That shit is wild. <laughs> but anyway, all right, Mister Mister. I was just gonna go right back to it. All right, Lilo. Mister Lilo. <laughs> Mister Lilo. All right, Lilo, or Stitch, or whichever you pick. It has been a pleasure, and I will see you next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. All right, and so unfortunately, we ended up forgetting to mention the elephant in the room because Lilo was in such a hurry to rush out of the place and not talk. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, Lilo!" I was just messaging him. I was like, "Yo, seriously, yo, we gotta talk about this." And he's like, "Yo, fuck the listeners." I was like, "Yeah, fuck the listeners." But that's exactly what we're saying. That's exactly what just happened in the last fifteen seconds, but. Without failure, or without failure, without further ado, the Overwatch League launched two weeks ago. Uh, the first week saw a peak of 425,000 viewers, which leveled off to about 220,000 in the following week, and it has about 10 million unique viewers thus far. Uh, the Owl initially had no broadcast partner, but they signed a two-year, $90 million deal with Twitch, which is the most ever for an esports uh, deal. It differs a little bit from the six-year deal that Riot signed with Bamtech in that it is exclusive to content rather than technologies and operations, which is the part of the other guy's uh, uh, thing. But anyway... First two weeks in, and actually there's more games actually going on right now. What have you thought of the Overwatch League? I fucking love it. It's 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 fucking awesome. It's definitely what esports needs. I think it's the first one to be really to be mainstream and on a big program like Twitch that everyone is right. I think it's a very smart move by Twitch to acquire the rights and it's just really, really cool to see something that I love playing personally, um, having such a big impact on the community and like such a big following, uh, just 
so many positives I see coming out of this and it's, it's paving its way. It's kind of funny. I don't know if you've watched the games recently, but just like seeing the crowd, I don't know how they fill out the crowd because a lot of the matches are during like the middle of the day during the middle of the week. <laughs> I, I, I feel <laughs> I like they like just bust over building. all of the Blizzard employees. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they just have people like, all right, if you're not coding or if you're just standing there, just go sit in the crowd. Just go sit in the help. crowd. Right? Yo, we're about to tough. pan the camera. Go sit in the crowd. Go sit in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the few things I thought about. I was like, so there's a crowd there and every seat's filled, but there's only like 100 seats total. How do you even get that many people yeah. aren't doing anything during the work week like people gotta make money man they gotta live straight up i see i see <laughs> them like like a, a hockey player just like going through like uh their numbers so he like slides over jumps over like the wall and then like back to their office while the other person yep, jumps yep, in yep. and <laughs> uh subbing in we're gonna so, pan over in five minutes please be at the <laughs> please be in the stands in five minutes uh, uh either way i mean it's, oh, it's only you hear about like seats. the players making all the money so oh, it's it a, is? Yeah, exactly. It's only 500 seats, so it's not like a, a, a particular difficulty to, to fill up. Um, Still the, pressed. The Still first pressed. weekend was more packed than if you watch. I, I think I just popped into the last game, which was Florida versus Seoul. Uh, it wasn't as, as crowded, and the numbers were hovering around like 125,000, which was... Hold on. Oh, my God. One second. I get this thing that happens. Do you hear that? Yeah, sounds yeah, like exactly. a dragon roaring. Exactly. It's just the uh, water drains. I have to edit this. And it just goes and goes. Yeah, so as I was saying, um, there's like 129,000 uh viewers at the moment so it has leveled off just slightly more than i had expected i had assumed that it'd be about 200 continually uh what do you think about people saying that it's a bit too hectic to watch if you're not familiar because like we're you're more familiar than i am but i'm like pretty deeply familiar with the game and so a lot of what's happening is seen through such a biased lens to me that I can't really legitimately say that I would understand someone coming over being like, yo, I don't understand what's going on. I think maybe like in future iterations of what the Overwatch League is doing, they can address the confusion behind new viewers and like not knowing the heroes and not knowing what they do and not understanding the gameplay and what's going on. Right now, it seems like Owl is dedicated to players of Overwatch, right? So they have millions of people who actually play the game. They know that some of them will be interested in watching others play. And that's what's going on here. But I can understand what you're talking about. I mean, Blizzard tried to address all these issues by changing the way you could spectate. Obviously, making teams definitive colors makes it easier. But the thing that you're missing, for anyone new to the scene, is definitely what Ishiro does. Why... um, these individuals chose these heroes, what your goal is on every single map. Granted, some of them are pretty self-explanatory, like contested point, right? Mm-hmm. Like domination or something like that. But there's definitely background to just logistics of playing the game that they could touch up on to help bridge that gap. Because we're so familiar and because we play so often, I think it's easy to watch, right? You understand who's going mm-hmm. where, you understand why they're doing what they're doing, but those things are lost on people who've only played the game for a few hours and who might like to watch video games, but 
don't understand what the characters are doing or why they're doing it. Right. Exactly. That, that narrative hasn't yet been established, but I, I think you, you, you brought up actually a really good point there, which is they, they have millions of fans and that watch already in the professionals and, and the amateurs, et cetera, but who are, they're trying to shore up the casual fans and just the people who actually play Overwatch before they go to the more casual viewer. Right. Which I, I didn't think about it so much like that, but I, I would agree. So, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be a bit more moderate numbers once it gets to a bit towards the middle of the season. I feel like they could still increase or fix some of the spectator issues, which is same issue I had when I went to a, the CS or the ESL in, in Brooklyn in September, which is why, why can't I watch the player that I want to? So if I had right. the, like a dynamic player option where I could just sit and be like, oh, I want to watch this guy, you know, that that is exactly what I'd be looking for uh, as an expansion. So Overwatch, Overwatch, <laughs> Blizzard, if you're listening, hire us. We're going to do that for you. We can implement it. We know what we're doing. That's a lie. We can give you the ideas. The coding part is on you, Blizzard. But exactly. <laughs> yes, the nice. work's on you, but we got an idea. We got a good idea for you. Yeah. But, you know, it, again, it's only the third week. There's going to be some hiccups, etc. The basic truth that needs to be understood about esports is that, like, Koreans, it's Koreans that dominate. It's Koreans dominate that everyone else. Exactly. Exactly. If you look at all the teams, the teams have at least one or two Koreans, if not six, all six. You know, the the teams with majority Koreans have, I think, are like nine and oh or something. They're like, I think there's a Valiant two and one. There's one. I don't know who it was, but the Spitfires two and oh, Excelsior's two and oh, and one other team's like, something oh dynasty three no so, uh, <laughs> i'm gonna forget then so yeah that's the top three they're all yeah. undefeated they're all miles miles above every single other person and that is something to me which is all right because i just like watching them i i can't even imagine i'm like jesus christ how do you have reactions that are so fast as a human being right it's just it's unbelievable and it's it's tough to say like that some team is miles above yes they're winning 3-0 sold honesty versus like florida mayhem but you put anybody on florida mayhem you know someone on our level and they would absolutely wreck people so the gap isn't that far i think it's just fine-tuning obviously the the teamwork aspect no, of the game no 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 i watch some of these games so? man i watch some of these games so like what they do much better yeah let me let me say this so like i watch what is it it was a soul where they lost almost the first game. Who, who, who did they play the first week? We're going to, I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, the team that they played the first week, I think it was a, a junker town map. Why don't, why, why Soul dynasty played Dallas fuel? Yes. They, they won lost. two to one. The first one, then soul dynasty played Los Angeles gladiators but no, one no, so that, that's the one they lost the first one to dallas right okay. and that was on junker town uh let me check let me check mesh tails yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're right it was yeah, exactly town. i was watching that map specifically this is all i know man i watched it <laughs> i saw this shit with my own eyes and so 
I saw it. I saw it, man. <laughs> all right. You're proven factually correct this one time. I'm impressed. All right. So, so to all the viewers out there, mod, or sorry, Cookie will get one. Exactly. Exactly. I get one because that, that was very vivid where I was like, yo, damn, Dallas is putting in work. Wow. Damn, Dallas. Is, so they won the first map and I was like, wow, that, that's pretty embarrassing. And so people are so angry at themselves. I think they tied in the last game, but. Over the next two games, I they got vicious, man. You know, you know that when that happens, like sometimes you like get cleared out in Overwatch by another team, and it's like yeah. vicious. You're like, oh damn! Like they get like a full team kill. Just team kills all over the place. Just, I don't know, man. The second round it was five to six. Dallas Shule was coming back clearly. Then yeah. the third round was when it went two zero on the contested points. It's, it's a tough game. I mean, it's it's get definitely one a tough game. Surprisingly, so is the weaker ones of the three. I think uh, the Spit... I actually think the Excelsior might be the better than the Spitfire. But we're going to have to see. I'm excited for them to play each other. That's where it gets real. This is what they wanted, by the way. When they created Al, they wanted people like us to talk about it. And this is what we could do now. You exactly. finally, you can relate to something. Like, I can play basketball all I want. I'm never going to be in the NBA. Like, you can bridge that gap because there's less physical differences, and mm -hmm. that's what's really cool. I agree. But it's the same still, reason Steph Curry became such a sensation, which is I, I love LeBron James as an athlete. He's one of my favorite players. But I also know that I'll never understand what it is to be a 6'8 dude with his frame, you know? Zeke. Exactly. Yeah. And but you have someone like Curry who's what a six three and he was sort of skinny and he's like oh shit I'm just gonna pop threes from deep, but he, that that's what revolutionized it. A little kid could see that and just be able to put himself in those. exactly yeah. exactly. And so with that, especially that's that's the importance of or that's the enjoyment of seeing just the gameplay. If you are a player of the game you learn a little bit about the game and then you can actually apply it I actually had this conversation uh with my sister the other day and she's like why do people watch games and i'm like if i sit down and i'm watching professional sports or if i'm watching the nfl <laughs> what am i really getting from that shit i don't watch the nfl anymore that shit's boring as fuck long as fuck and pointless <laughs> as fuck and so if you're yeah. sitting there and you're watching four hours of football i'm like where is that ever going to be applied in your life other than casual conversation with someone else who watches football? You know, there's just zero value or, or, or I guess fantasy, which is sort of, I guess the gamification of football in and of itself and gambling. That's about it. Gambling is going to find its way to gaming. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, like I'd be down to throw down a pool to see who thinks who will win. Like, that, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you on that. But, I mean, it's it's just an out. I can't diss football too much. It's not necessarily well, no, no, the same no, but thing. It, but it, it's not even to diss football. To. That's that's in my opinion. But the thing is, you're not going to be able to use that. So if I watch someone playing games, if I see some sort of positioning, etc., I can then, when I play that same exact game, try to mimic that said positioning. Right. So there's more I mean, of a direct application to what viewing a game would be. So. Yeah, I insult football because fuck football. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, hopefully, no one who likes the NFL is listening right now. Yeah, I, it, I that's nothing against football. the people who watch the NFL. That's just everything against the actual NFL, the organization in and of itself. And so, 
But go NBA, man. Go NBA. There's going to be a huge crossover between esports, basketball, and football, the real one. <laughs> and that is, you already see it. The 2K League is big, and some of the earliest investors in uh, esports for sports leagues were uh, football teams. And we're going to use the word, we're just going to call it football from now on because American football is. Use it with your hands, and football is actually football. All right. Established. Established within, but taking it all back to Owl. Uh, what, what do you think, lastly, about the the uh, fact that they use cities, the city-based concept? Um, I think it's smart, and I think it's fun, and it means that different people from different... <laughs> backgrounds can play with each other right mm. regardless of where they are whereas i went to blizzcon and saw the worlds and that was awesome but like i feel like people were limited playing not with their friends i think if you're really trying to take this league to the next level and make it a professional sport right mm-hmm. something like that have to create a difference between the professional league and then the world league and that's what they're trying to do right I think the World League is more like the World Cup mm-hmm. or the Olympics. And then they just have a professional league for all those cities. I think it's the smartest thing you could do to bring in more events to what they do. Is the World Cup in yearly? No, the World Cup's every four years, but No no no. Oh, you're no. Talking about the World Cup? <laughs> Are you serious? No, the the the, the Blizzard World Cup. <laughs> yeah, the Blizzard World Cup I think is every year. They have the world championships every year. World championships. They should just call it. They should just make that shit every four years. Do you know why the you know why uh, the World Cup's every four years? Because it's on a different year than the Olympics. No idea. Logistics. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Think about it. Anyway, on that note, it's been real, and thank me again for getting Sean. Excuse me. Fucking. Getting Lilo Lilo back out here and on the dial to be able to have this wonderful rant of his about the NFL and how much he hates it. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) Yes, that's why I wanted to talk again. Exactly. He just called me. He's like, yo, man, fuck the NFL. I was like, yeah, man, fuck the NFL. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's Let's do it. Let's talk about that. Let's do it. I did. Yeah. But, uh, Enjoy the rest of the podcast, all right? All right, man. Enjoy. People Like Games is brought to you by Gunyo. That's gun.io, a professional freelance agency for software developers, a place for both developers and the individuals or company looking to hire them. Gun.io custom matches their clients with top professional freelancers from their over 25,000 invite-only member community. Gun.io has remixed the humanity of an agency with the scale of a talent marketplace, which allows them to deliver the best value per dollar of any business in the software development space. So if you're in the market for a developer or happen to be a software developer looking for some new gigs, be sure to check out Gunyo, the best in the business. Uh, In that spirit, we're actually back with a new segment. So this is going to be a recurring segment, uh, which we're going to be calling product review for lack of a better name at this moment. Uh, joining me for this week's product review, if you remember, 
Mr. Trophy himself. What up, Trophy? Bonjour. We were supposed to be doing this around 8 p.m., but Trophy here was bucking the stereotypes and running on CPT as a white person, which is pretty impressive. There's only about like a three-hour opening that the portal between my uh, star system and yours you know is open so it's like that interstellar shit bro like you're like five minutes that's five hours don't give me that like second grade science education i'm about to start using that shit for my garbage science i'm be like yo it's like interstellar like i thought we were in different dimensions and shit but anyway your species gets thought manipulation (laughs) good stuff this week we're going to be looking at the oculus rift um Trophy ended up getting it recently, and I had the opportunity to play it over the weekend for the first time. Uh, so Trophy played a lot of it. Played a lot of it, but only played one game. So that's why we need a little bit more of an expansive review. So first, we're going to push this over to when is the first that you heard about uh, the Oculus Rift? Well, I remember the Oculus being on Kickstarter. That was when before uh, it even became like a big thing at all. It was just like. Everybody, every VR, VR has been around for a while with video games and like other forces, other places. But like when it hit that uh, that uh, Kickstarter scene and product, I was like, oh hey, like we could do this. Like it's not that it's not that bad, it's not that pricey. And they figured out that like, well, consumers really want this because it like like blew up right away. Absolutely, because I remember you sending me a video a few years back of someone using an Oculus but using that treadmill shit. What was that called? Oh, the, the, I don't remember. It, it was like some treadmill that people were playing yeah. on. And we were literally just joking about this. Uh, the other day we were playing some Overwatch and it was uh, nerds are going to be the jack dudes of the future. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, they will be. I, gu- I guarantee it. it and it's going to start with things like the Oculus. Absolutely. It, once they add that soon. movement in, that movement aspect is going to be really important. Because like, as much as I like playing it, granted we were in a small space relatively confined, but at the same time, I didn't like so much the fact that like in this Oculus, you put the headsets on, the headphones are cool, that they give you this sort of earpiece cover to listen to, and they give you these controllers. But... Uh, I, I didn't like the fact that there was like no vibration if I like touched or tried to touch something. I feel like it depends on the game. It was the game that you were playing. Oh really? There, so w- what games were more responsive in that element? Because I feel like when I was like touching something, what Lost was Echo. So so I'll we played Robo saying. Recall, which is the game we're yeah. talking about. Um, it's basically just random robots. Like it's uh, like a comic book. It's like a comic book. Like you're like a superhero, and they're like the city gets overrun by like robots, and you like just go superhero mode and just destroy all of that. It's like a survival it's totally mode fun, game, like anarchy. Exactly. It's kind of sort of, yeah. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. It's it's kind of like what a lot of games are doing for VR. Agreed. But, but, um, so as you, I think saying, the best, uh, yeah, the best experience I've seen so far definitely is Lost Echo, and I think there are specific reasons why I've had the best experience with it that other games will emulate in the future. Go on, and it doesn't uh, are as um, the controls uh, as you think. It's more about um, the immersion, the, the extra, the additional immersion that comes from those games, like the voice acting, the, uh, the, the one-to-one dialogue that you're like, there are certain times in the game where like you're with your human partner on a space station and you're a robot and all these things. And like, I found myself at sometimes actually like 
physically talking to the person because like the voice acting is that good and like you see their face up close and i think like games like the new la nor vr people like are playing that i don't have a, the uh, vibe but like people are saying like what makes that game become like a million times better than the console version is you see those because they recorded it with these crazy facial expression software at the time that's still yeah, really yeah impressive I, I remember and professional that one. actors so like when you were playing on console it was like yeah that's still that's dope but then you you're in vr and you see them and you're facing their face and you see all the little nuances and it just completely changes the game it's it i think the additional layers of immersion like uh like dialogue and like what i was saying before just seeing and being seeing the environment and little shaking little vibration here and there i think that will add more to it than anything else i, I saw that recently like, oh, they announced shit. so for for what it is it's a good first generation version of a vr headset in my opinion i think yeah it's good it's very accessible to new to newcomers that are like i mean i would say the playstation vr is probably more accessible because it's on playstation but like if you're a computer junkie and you like love video games and you and you're at the age where you don't have that like spark anymore from playing video games. Like VR completely ignited that spark that I had when I was a, a kid playing like Ocarina of Time or like something for the first time. I'm like, oh my god, this is a 3D world. I'm inside of it. This is like, this is that feeling all over again. It's a fresh feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. just, oh, just such a good experience. Yeah, it makes there are sense. some there are some issues with it though, such as sort of out. Well, like, so the Oculus, people are saying that the only issue with Oculus and other devices is that it has low pixel density, which basically means that the uh, the uh, the screens that you're looking at, you're looking at two screens, right? There are two screens inside the, the hardware, and both those screens output at 720p each. So if you can, so if you were able to get like 1080p or like there are some companies experimenting in Vive has been rumored to experiment with like OLED, mm-hmm. where you get like 4K in each eye, then you get rid of the screen door effect. You get rid of the, uh, it basically just makes everything more crisp and clear. Are yeah. there, is, is so com- based on the headsets available, where would Oculus Rift in? Is it the standard, even despite its shortcomings in the VR headset? What other VR headsets are available in that? I band? think it just depends on what you want as a consumer. I think the only really competitor to the Oculus is the Vive. I think the PlayStation is its own, is its own market. The PlayStation's for like, I've never gotten VR before, I've never tried it before. It's like a int- complete introduction, introduction, introduction to it mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. But like the oculus and the rift the oculus and the vibe are just like that next step it's like i want to be immersed i want to i want to be that computer person i want to add peripherals i want a steering wheel and instead i want a, a hodis thruster thruster and the uh, joystick you know it's that next level yeah that's I want true 7.1 surround sound that's it because to a degree that would be, I mean, that's where the next steps are going to come in because I believe they already announced that they're working on a next gen version of it that should be coming out in two, three years. Is it worth the cost of like, was it five, six hundred dollars relative to a console? Can you, is it just like four hundred dollars now for the Rift? Oh, is it like five hundred dollars? So four hundred dollars for the Rift, I think like five hundred dollars like, for the Vive, and I think the PSVR is like three hundred. Is it a a good? 
is it a good uh, i don't know cost is it is worth i don't know is it worth the cost would be my would be my primary thing because i feel like you know with a lot of consoles initially when i bought video game consoles they'd be like okay if there's not enough games to support this platform it's going to be relatively uninteresting for long cycles before anything interesting comes out and so has there been any dead moments thus far in your ownership of the Oculus or is just I would, I would say I would say this if you if you love gaming and you had that spark as a kid or at any time in your life and you don't have that anymore and you want to and you're obsessed with it gaming's your life yeah this is is this is totally worth it you see it's totally worth it and it'll just completely add I don't know what be honey but like it literally adds another dimension to game it just it just makes everything about video games of why you play video games in the first place and it just gives you a closer experience so that final being part of the game experience you know and i think that uh despite the negatives like the pixel density and not being wireless uh it, it, it's only gonna improve from here I mean, it's got a lot of support. Like, there's like a hundred games coming out on PlayStation's version next year. Like, Vive and Oculus have a lot of games coming out. Developers are starting to figure out that they can um, go between between games. One of the most interesting things I think you'll find is that you know how Sony isn't very keen on um, cross-platform play, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a game on the Oculus called Rec Room. This game is not only on the Oculus; it's on the Vive, and it's on PlayStation. And it's a multiplayer like rec room. It's like a gym. It's like going to the gym and it's other people in VR also going to the gym. So you go to the gym and you see other people just chilling, playing basketball, like doing stuff. And you can talk to them and team up with them and go play other games like paintball and all these things. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is that each one of those people are playing, uh, are not just playing on an Oculus like you are. They are playing on a Vive and a PlayStation VR also. So that's that cross-dimensional. Like I've never seen Sony do anything cross-dimensional, cross-platform like that. It, it does have an element of cross-dimensionality to it as well. In this but the fact way. that it's so early in development and the, the 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 hardware developers are already just like okay with that, and the software allows that to happen is such a good step. You know, is you don't the- have like. Yeah, you don't have the only like it's like when consoles first came out. You don't have like the Microsoft kids and the Sony kids. Now you just have like just VR as a whole. Did I he? I think that's a good first initial step. It is VR actually it. potentially the future of gaming, or do you think it's just going to be a sort of luxury at home additional item? Me personally, I think it's the future of work and society also in general i think the oculus right now is an example of gaming but then you have things like the hololens that microsoft has which is uh augmented reality mixed slash mixed reality and it's supposed to be super powerful and i think like there are games for like like toothbrush uh and stuff like google's toothbrush we can paint and and stuff in virtual reality but what you might not know is that there are games called not even games more an application called medium which is a sculpting um, game, uh, not game, but like, you know, like Photoshop, mm-hmm. but it's in virtual reality. So if I'm a, a 3D designer 
and I was using Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff to make this 3D artwork, or I can just become super good at the VR headset and make a 3D model in like 15 minutes, painted and everything. That that's completely changes that industry, and I think we're going to see in the future. Uh, gaming is where it starts. I mean, I'm not going to say porn wasn't the. <laughs> And it, like wasn't the porn, know, porn the is really like the, push it off. If you look at VR porn happened basically simultaneously with VR. If you look at technology <laughs> investment, a majority yeah, of follow the porn large for, in 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 commercial technology, it's usually due to the military and entertainment. It's usually due to pornography. But, but I just think like they're they're very smart. Oculus Vive. Sony, they're all being very smart with how to handle them with VR. They've seen the mistakes that like Nintendo, um, Virtual Boy, and uh, other systems. I think Sega also had like a crazy fake like VR system also that no one uh, even talks about. But the fact that they got the hardware and the software down already for VR. That was the hard part. That was the hurdle. The hurdle was getting that one-to-one space and getting the cost down. I think the cost is down enough that it's accessible. Now you now you need to have the content. You know, in that LA Noir, there's a lot of good games coming out in the future. Marvel Powers United VR. I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be out next year, and that's basically um, it's a it's Marvel licensed game right Mm -hmm. and um it has like 10 different superheroes or whatever in it and each one plays differently so like this time you're like you're the hulk and this time you're a doctor strange and stuff so i think adding versatility to vr and figuring out new ways to use it is uh the best way for it to go ahead and become that you know must have part of the home do you think that there should be anything questionable about or troubling about using the Oculus because of its founder's political ideologies? Or do you think that those are just sort of separate entities? It is what it is. Yeah, I think it's hard to do that with any companies. I think the one thing, because if, if, if they don't do it, someone else will. It's already proven that this is like a thing that people want. It was proven with the with Nintendo's Virtual Boy that it was what people wanted. They just had a poor product, a poor version of it. But I think the real thing that people should be nervous about VR is um, getting lost in VR. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not at the point of like Freddy Player One, but like it's still people are already get lost in books and movies and TV, video games already. So like giving you like a, a, a virtual space to get lost in is it's very dangerous. And I think in the future, the more we uh, break that uncanny valley in VR, it's going to start to become an issue. We're going to have to start, you know, probably having uh, people go to the doctor and like go to uh, what's it called, you know, like retreats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just think of that movie drugs. gamer and then I'm like, yeah, all that's going to happen is that, we're now in a, a chaotic part of history with whatever is going on and with the fact that PUBG has unsurprisingly become this like monster hit and it just happens to be a you know battle royale survival game I'd be like shit <laughs> you gotta play the game for the right to get healthcare in America in 2020 that's where we're headed towards high. thanks to Palmer Lucky and Donald Trump and America 
<laughs> I mean, that's such a human thing. Yeah. Like, the technology is made by, like, the smart people. It's just, like, depends on, like, how those people use it. It's like yeah, the I mean, Adam. He, he, he was already like, forced out of Facebook. You I don't make, know like, if he's... a nuclear fusion power, like, country, or you... That's true. I don't know. He got forced out of what's it called? Uh, his own company in March, I believe. And yeah. so, or from Facebook, because Facebook ended up requiring Oculus Rift, which I'm not a big fan of, if I'm going to be frankly honest. Um, they're like, they're normalizing it. That's like what they're, they, as soon as they bought it, they knew like, this is what our job is. Our job is to normalize VR. And I think that they're, I yeah. think if they're trying to do that, they're doing a good job. I don't, I don't but, care for like the politics of the company itself, but like the just product itself of all the good. companies who I have issues with already in terms of its usage of data, it would be Facebook. And for that specific company to have bought the first legitimate VR company or headset is just slightly. I would have preferred they did not be. Mark Zuckerberg is literally a robot. Exactly. It's like, I'm from like many, many stars away, but even I can tell like, hey, you guys have like a serious robot overlord problem going on. Yeah. I see it all the time. I've been to many other planets. It's funny. You just go around the star system. It's like a dead planet. You're like, oh, we'll kill this planet. Like, oh, fucking robots again. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys never fucking learn. That's, we're literally headed towards this direction now. Your boy Elon is very. He's much just worried. trying to go home. He's just <laughs> trying to go home. Why are you trying ner- to build his space up? Because he's nervous he's about the here. robot apocalypse. Nah, he's just trying to go home. Nah, he he's knows. He knows that when that lines. shit goes down, he's just gonna bounce and be like, "Oh, I started a colony on Mars." Now I'm he's ET. Here, fuck you guys. He's ET. He got stuck. Nah, he's behind somehow. He's Rorschach from Watchmen. He's going to be like, you scream and ask that for help. And I say, no, <laughs> and flies away to Mars. That's going to be the, uh, back to Motherland. the Elon Musk closing chapter. And then yeah. Dr. Manhattan. But I was going to say Elon Musk is like the opposite of Dr. Strangelove. He's like writing, instead of writing a rocket into the planet, he's like writing a rocket, cowboy rocket out of the planet. That's true. But into because does it no Doctor Manhattan goes to to Mars. Not a strange love. No, Doctor Strange Love. That is a different one. But anyway, I give the nod of approval to the Oculus and yeah. the recommend to buy. Are we going to give a recommend to buy on this product? I, I would say I would never give a recommend to buy on any product. Every person is different. And I'm just going to say again that, like, if you love video games, you already have a gaming computer and you want to feel that spark again when you first played a video game, get this. If you like space, get Lone Echo. If you like shooting shoot ups get uh, Robo Recall. Yes. And, yes, yes. You know, I agree with that last one. That definitively. Like. Uh, and you nonstop. And nonstop. And dude, any, any, anytime I get my hands on, like, a. Uh, interactive shooter it's a it's a wrap i'm um john wick in these streets but anyway dude we're gonna have john wick nerds yeah so that's one-to-one i can remember that ladies and gentlemen boys and girls vr is one-to-one so if you're a good shot in, in a video game you're a good shot in real life that's true i feel almost, like that's that's yeah that's, 
it, it translates. It means you have good accuracy. Yeah, but it I mean, doesn't you're incorporate not gonna get that the weight. Back. You're not going to get the kickback of a gun. Exactly. You never will. You'll never. But you know but what? You could. It means that you have that kind of accuracy. The controller could have vibrations when you shoot, but it does not. Yeah. It could so. easily have like super powerful. Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they can incorporate a more full body version. Better displays, wireless, uh, and, and smaller and smaller and lighter tech. So that's the future. It's that's future true. VR right there. That's true. That's true. Well, in the future, I think we should make this into a video version because I feel like it might be able to explain some of the concepts we're talking about more clearly rather than over a podcast. So, um, yeah, maybe we should try that in the future. Anyway, um, is that about that? Are we missing anything about VR that I missed or about the Oculus Rift in particular? No, I mean, yeah. I, it, it's awesome. It's really, it's, it's really awesome. awesome. And there are really awesome. good games coming out. Right. Let's see. Let's see. Anyway, let's going to wrap that up. This was a thoroughly uneventful first episode of product review covering the Oculus Rift with Mr. Trophy stopping in. Say say your adiosis, good sir. Adiosis. All right, and we will catch you guys again for our regular episode on Wednesday or maybe Thursday. I'm thinking Thursday. I want I want I want a better day. Uh, or maybe Wednesday. When I put it out, you shall receive it. Enjoy your week.